this week's World of Sports. We're into the NBA Finals. Game 5 coming up. The Bucks' big three, they showed up at home. Giannis's huge game four, his block, one of the best blocks in the NBA Finals history. Chris Middleton finally shows up. We're going to talk LeBron winning with the Cavs versus Kawhi winning with the Clippers. Um, that'll be interesting. Beal is out of the Olympics. We have a cool topic, uh, the best NFC uh, constructed team versus the best AFC constructed team, um, offenses that is. We're going to talk about that. Um, way too early, uh, Washington football team, 53-man roster. What's going to come of that? And what's new, dude of the world and thin ice? So, July 17th, Saturday. My co-host Rod, what's going on? What's going on, man? Oh man, this this is starting to be a habit, man. I enjoy I enjoy uh recording uh side by side and Yeah, it's unmatched. Yeah, not doing that having to do that Zoom thing. Yeah, we've had to we haven't had to do that in quite some time. Yeah, it's been <laughs> I think this is our third third pod in a row where we've been uh actually together. So it's been it's awesome, man. Absolutely. Other than that, I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm doing great. It's hot than a mug outside, but we chilling it right now inside uh, the AC, and I'm great. Yeah, a huge fu to the weather. <laughs> um, Woo! For circumstances, because uh, it it's a scorcher for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, we're inside now, so <laughs> when we're inside. There's nothing else better to do than to talk sports, so let's get to it. Let's talk it. <laughs> Alright, so we're in the NBA Finals. Game 5 coming up tonight, July 17th at 9 o'clock. Um, we're we're going to see if uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton can continue this war path that uh, they seem to be going back and forth on. And if, you know, Chris Paul, is he going to come to play? Is he falling off again? You know, Booker finally had an outstanding performance, it just wasn't enough um, because Chris Middleton gave him, you know, 40 right along with it. So it's going to be tough for the Suns. I really think that that thing, that momentum has shifted in this uh, NBA final series, and you can't really ask for much more than that because tonight the series begins. Yeah, it's a best of three, you know, so we'll, we'll see who wants it. We will see who wants it. And uh, one thing that stands uh, standing out to me right now uh in these past two games in milwaukee is the uh the turnovers by chris paul oh my god i mean it's so uncharacteristic of him and he's played so lights out throughout the whole playoff so i mean for him to start to turn the ball over i think he had like i know he had at least 10 turnovers in the in the past two games and you know i don't think he had that many in the in all the in all the of the rest of the playoff series combined. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Chris Paul. There's some speculation um, that he's dealing with um, some injury, which wouldn't be surprising because the injury bug seems to always haunt Chris Paul at the at the worst possible times. Um, so hopefully um, he he's all good and and ready to go tonight, and we see a. Uh, a uh, ready to go, Chris Paul. Yeah, let, let's hope so. His shots have been short. Um, 
you know, he doesn't seem to have that aggression that he had at home. But, you know, it's always harder to win games uh, on the road and play, you know, as well as you play at home on the road. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Is it is it 2-3-2 or is it 2-2-1-1-1? Um, 2-2-1-1-1. Oh, okay. So they're back in, in Milwaukee okay, next So they game. switched it back. I, I don't know if you remember, oh. but, uh, yeah, the finals used to be 2-3-2. Two, two, oh, okay. Um, back in the day. So I I want to say that they switched it back, but I, I wasn't sure. Wait, so the, so the lower seed team would get three straight home games? Yeah, yeah. That's how it used to be. Wow. Yeah, it would be 2-3-2 two, two in the finals. Wow. Yeah, no, it's um pretty I'm almost positive it's uh 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. Okay, so we're in so, Phoenix tonight. Okay, so we're back in Phoenix. Yep. So all right. Well, yeah, can we see some stars in the building? Can <laughs> we see some can we see Larry Fitzgerald? Oh, all right. A partial owner of the team right. sitting courtside? It's possible. It's possible. I doubt it would be courtside. You know Larry Fitz and he's a low-key guy. Yeah, he'll, he'll be up in a box. Yeah, or he'll something. be up in a box and they, he might get a he might get a uh, drive-by camera time, <laughs> camera right. shot. Can we? I, I'm I'm gonna say it here. Um, I don't have much time to really uh, test this theory, but I'm gonna go ahead out on a limb and say LeBron is gonna be courtside at this game tonight. Um, Space Jam Two just came out last night or yesterday, I should say. Um, he already had the the premiere. He did that outing. Um, I'm sure you know he's been all over social media yesterday promoting the movie. So what other better way to get you know your movie talked about than to be courtside at the NBA Finals? Hey, I'm, to support your buddy. Yeah, yeah, very well could see old Mr. LBJ, aka the King. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll see about that. Um. Just a couple of points. Um. So the Bucks' big three: Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis. Um, they showed up. They showed up at home, and it and um, we see the result of that. Yeah. Um, I think it's never been really um, doubted that the Bucks are a very good home team. Um, they they seem to play really well in front of their fans, and um, they they have so far in the finals, which which is great because I didn't want to see you know a blowout. I want to see a good series. Absolutely. Um, and you know everybody was talking about uh, Giannis, you know, chasing um, Jordan's uh, four straight forty point. Games or was it three? Is it three or four straight? Um, Maybe three. It was three. I think it's three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Three or four. I can't remember, but um, he was chasing that. Um, well, he wasn't chasing that. The media was telling him that you know that he right. was chasing that, yeah. but he he didn't want any parts of that. And I think that's that's one thing that that I really wanted to point out is, is just how humble of a guy Giannis is. Um, when they were talking, you know, when they tried to ask him about his block, he had already moved on. Yeah. The game was over. He had moved on. Um, and, and, and he kind of explained that a little better uh, than I could. But if you get a chance, um, listen to that uh, press conference um, from Giannis because I, I just think he's a, he's a special player. Um, and he's just he seems like he's an even better guy. So yeah, that, that's just something I wanted to point out. Um, is why I'm a fan of him. You know, some people you know they can say what they want. He's one dimensional. He can't shoot. That's fine. But you can't disagree that the guy he plays harder than everybody else out on the floor when he's on it. Um, and he's dominant when he when he's on. He he is as dominant as it gets. Um, as one dimensional as you know people may say, he's still going to beat you that way. So. Um, nothing but respect for Giannis. 
I hope Chris Middleton uh, continues to play at the level that he has been in these past two games. Um, really uh, um, adding some help for Giannis. And actually, I mean, he's been more than help. I mean, it. I, I really believe that if you go back and look, um, you know, when when um, Middleton is the leading scorer of the team, they are. I mean, they're they are that much better. You know, they're ten times better when Middleton um, is the guy. You yeah. know, um, well, you know you what know, uh, that World of Sports podcast says. They say that. Uh, the Bucks go as Chris Middleton goes. Yeah, we I, do say that. I do. I do believe we do say that for weeks. I do say that for weeks. <laughs> we have we, been saying before that. the playoffs. Yeah. So we've uh, we've, we've kept that <laughs> we've kept that alive, and it, it holds true to it this does. day. I mean, it it still holds true. You know, I mean, he needs to be the guy and let Giannis do his thing in his own way, and not have Giannis. You know, on the block down low, and also shooting threes, and also trying to shoot mid-range jumpers because it doesn't work. You know, he needs to, he needs to get all his points close to the rim. What it, I mean, what was that stat? That, that was ridiculous. Oh, he had like all his points were like within five feet of the, or within five feet of the basket, or and he, something um, crazy like I that. I can't remember if it was. I don't remember if it was, um, you know, somebody currently playing in the league, or if it was a if it was an older guy like a Kareem or, or something of that nature. But it was um, best field goal percentage in the finals inside the paint. Yeah, and he's tied for first. I think it might be LeBron, and it's it's an it's an obscene number. I think it's right. like in the eighties. Right. Yeah. It, it's you know that's where that's where Giannis needs to stay and let Holiday and Milton you know, go from the foul line out, you know, and, and, you know, when they can get to the cup, that's just a bonus, create fouls, uh, you know, and get to the line. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Giannis is, has been playing great. Um, you know, uh, I'm not ready for, you know, if the Bucks lose all the slander that he's going to get because he just can't get it done. Um, you know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but even my uh, – even my opinion has changed um, because at the start of this finals, I was so like pro Chris Paul. Um, I just wanted Chris Paul to get a ring, but watching um, Giannis get hurt, come back, play, you know, it seemed like he, he was hurt in that game one and then just completely turn it around in game two, three and four has just I, I want him to win so badly now because of that. He's definitely been a man possessed. That I mean, you know, you can't take that away. Um I mean I see where you're coming from. I still would I mean, like you said, either way, you know, either way I'm cool. You know, I don't have a you know, I don't have a horse in this race, so to speak. Yeah. Um you know, whichever way it shakes out, um I'll be happy for the story of it, you know, whether it's Giannis getting, you know, two-time MVP getting a ring or, you know, Chris Paul, 16 years in the league, never been to the, never even made it to the finals. Um, you know, either way, the story will be great. Um, and whichever way it shakes out for me, you know, I'll be, I'll be satisfied. Absolutely. All right. So that pretty much wraps up um, what's going on in the finals right now. 
can't wait to uh, watch that game tonight from start to finish and just see um, who's going to take over and, and who wants it more. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that. Um, but we're going to stay in basketball uh, for a little bit longer. Uh, I saw a tweet, um, and it and somebody said that um, that LeBron, um, that if the Kawhi won with the Clippers, won a ring with the Clippers, it would be equivalent to LeBron winning with the Cavaliers. Yeah, Max Kellerman said that. Was it on Max Kellerman? Yeah, on first take. Yeah. All right. So here's my thing. <laughs> if you can you can look at this a couple different ways. I need to know specifics. I need to know which stint with the Cavaliers because I feel like that makes a difference. Which stint you're talking about? Because if you want to talk about okay, Kawhi, jo- you know, joining forces and gathering Paul George and then them going out and adding, you know, the typical uh, veteran pieces, the the rotation guys, the role players um, to the Clippers. You can, if you want to compare that um, to LeBron's second stint, how he joined, um, still a little different. You know, Kawhi, uh, Kyrie, sorry, had been drafted the year before that, um, but they kind of did the similar thing. You know, at the trade deadline, they completely overhauled the team, um, got the veter, you know, the vet guys like the Jeff Greens and the Richard Jeffersons, and and you know, you can see some comparisons with that. So I just need to know which specific stint. I still don't think it's the same thing. Um, one, because Kawhi hasn't won a ring with the Clippers. And two, I don't think he's going to. But one, if they're talking about, um, well, I, I, that, I just boneheaded because LeBron didn't win a ring with his, with, uh, in the first stint. So they are having to compare the second stint. So I, I, I don't think um, that, it's, that it's equivalent at all. What about you? Well, I mean, I look at it as, like, when Max was talking about it, um, I I agreed with him. And, and he, just for the simple fact that I think people are taking this, this comparison differently than from the way that, uh, from the way that it, it kind of came out. Like... You know, and everybody wants to point to, you know, oh, well, LeBron didn't have any help and, you know, this, that, and the other. Well, first of all, I cannot stand, I I really don't like that term that, you know, nobody really had any help because, for one, that's completely false because no player in the history of basketball has scored every point, gotten every rebound, made every assist, and all that stuff. So, you know, made every free throw, whatever have you. You know, nobody scored, nobody in the history of basketball has scored every single point for their team. So to say that any particular player, whether it's LeBron, whether it's anybody out there, to say that they didn't have any help, that's that's one thing. That just, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just my personal opinion that that, that phrase kind of sucks. But um, my point is is that I don't I don't look at it as Kawhi trying to uh, match LeBron in like in that type of way. But I think the way the, at least the way that I look at it, I'm looking at it as an organizational um, topic. Okay. Like saying you know, the Cavs were so bad and they've been bad for so long that, okay, LeBron, you know, he left and he came back and he won a championship. Okay. 
So now, you know, Kawhi joins the Clippers, and of course they have Paul George, and say that they they would win a championship. Now, the Clippers have been down far longer and far uh, far more uh, frequently than the Cavs have ever have. You know, if you look at the history of each franchises, now, um, let's see, uh, the, the Cavaliers winning um, for their, in the history of their, their, uh, their team, they are 18, 1,889 wins against 2,218 losses. That's 46, uh, that's 46 percent, percent, uh, win percentage for their history. Okay, so now let's take a look at the Clippers' uh, historical record. And their historical record is, let me, uh, I had it up. Where is it? Um, I'm, 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 okay, so their historical record is 1,706 wins to 2,408 losses for 41 percent winning percentage in their history okay so you know the clippers in the history of their franchise have uh you know they're they're just been a worse team so in that regard i i truly believe that that uh Kawhi winning with the clippers is would compare to LeBron uh, winning with the Cavs. And that's just speaking historically. I'm not talking about LeBron versus Kawhi. I'm not talking about player, you know, who got this player and who teamed up with this player and who had who on the squad. For me, it's not about that. To me, it's about the history of each franchise and their, uh, their winnings. Because in the in back in the day, you know the Cavs were actually good. You know they had, you know, for you older guys out there, you know they had like Mark Price, they had Craig Elo, they had Brad Doherty, you know they had, and I mean they they were a really really good team, and they probably could have gotten um, to the finals had it not been for you know who number twenty three, his airness, Michael Jordan. You know they ran into him. You know, just they had to go when they were good. They had to basically go through Michael Jordan to get to where they needed to get to, and it just didn't happen. So for I mean, just I don't I, but I feel like they then if that was the case, then he didn't have to individualize their names. Then he could have said that the the Clippers winning a championship in this in in this era <laughs> would be equivalent to. The Cavs winning a championship in this era. He didn't say that though. He he individualized and specifically said right. and LeBron get, and Kawhi. And so I, I don't I think get that. that that's how he meant it. I I know how you how you're internalizing it and how you're taking it, which is correct. But I don't think Max was taking it there because we know what gets views, we know what gets clicks, and it's LeBron's name. But I think in a roundabout kind of way, he kind of was. But you have to, in the media world, you yeah. kind of have to put, you know, a name to a statement, so to speak. Just so, I mean, you know, whether it's for clickbait or whether it's for, for 
you know, for rate show ratings. I don't know, but you know, I I kind of I don't know. I that's just how I how I perceive the comparison to be. Yeah, I don't and, think he meant it that way though at and, all. And that's fine, you know. But I don't, you know, I don't. It's it's. It's another thing. It's like comparing LeBron to MJ or comparing, you know, comparing apples to oranges to anything, in my opinion. And that's that's kind of how why I took it, yeah. you know, there in my personal opinion as far as the history of the franchises. Because, it, I mean, you know, the Clippers winning a championship, period regardless of who's on their team, considering how bad they've been historically, you know, is a heck of a feat. Yeah. And the same thing with Cleveland, you know, and, and we're, you know, we're not comparing. And, and another thing, and I think, you know, he's kind of comparing it is, is because, I mean, we all know LeBron is historically a better player than Kawhi. So saying that LeBron is better than Kawhi, then, you know, if LeBron, I mean, if Kawhi can win a championship with the Clippers as a lesser player than LeBron is, then if he could win with such a bad organization or an organization that's been down for so long that maybe he's saying that that would be equivalent to... Somebody of L- LBJ's um, caliber of talent winning with the Cavs. I don't know that. I mean, from for things that I just said and the way I, you know, kind of ran it down for y'all. Um, it's just my belief that maybe not player wise, but franchise wise, to me, the the statement really wasn't that far off, and not as far off as as people are taking it, you know, because Keyshawn Johnson just, I mean, he he was on that segment, and he, he, I mean, he just, his nose turned up, and his eyebrows got, his eyebrows got, got big as soon as that came out of his mouth, and he was the first one to say, you know, well, LeBron didn't have any help, you know, and all that, and, you know, I, I personally, I think it's bigger than LeBron and bigger than Kawhi, and that's just me. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. All right. Um, okay, so we're going to go um, towards the USA basketball team um, for the Olympics coming up. Um, Bradley Beal, um, Jeremy Grant, and um, Kevin Love. Um, actually, I don't know about Jeremy Grant, but I know Bradley Beal and Kevin Love, they are not traveling to Tokyo, as I would assume Grant um, will not either. Um, Bradley Beal, for those of you who don't know, actually did test positive for COVID. Um, he has it. The, the, the details have kind of been blurry, and um, we haven't really um, figured that out. But I do know Bradley Beal does have COVID, which is why um, he is in the health and safety protocol, not for contact tracing or anything like that. He has um, COVID-19. Um, because of that, um, this, you know, I think they leave in 10 days. Um, he's not going to be good enough um, as far as, you know, the CDC recommendations to be able to travel to Tokyo. So that is why Beal is not playing. Um, it's, 
it's not really going to be that detrimental to the team um, as they already have a boatload of scores and um, anticipating that Booker, Middleton, and Holiday join them after the finals. But um, it, it, it definitely sucks uh, for for Beal's exposure. Um, you know, he, he's been one of the few bright spots on the Wizards for the past couple years, and he seemed to really um, feel, feel himself the other night um, in, the, in the exhibition game against Australia. I feel like he was a, a vital reason why he won that, that why USA won that game. Um, so now that they don't have them have him, it's definitely going to hurt them a bit, but I don't think it's going to hurt them too much um, as they've already been struggling and I think they're going to continue to struggle. Um, so it sucks for Beal's sake. Um, there are a couple gray areas that we might not know yet. Is he vaccinated? Is he not? Um, but none of that really matters. Um, what matters is um, he has no symptoms. Um, he, he's feeling good. He just um, tested positive for it and he uh, he can't go. So that's pretty much all on that. Yeah, it's 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 a big blow to us Wizards fans, man. You know, as a fan of a team, you know, you always want to, you know, see your um, your favorite player or the star player of your team, you know, do do greater things, you know, as far as getting a, you know, adding a gold medal. I mean, we know that he's nowhere close to winning an NBA championship. So, I mean, <laughs> just anything that he can add to his resume is just a plus for uh, anybody who watches or follows Brad Beal like, uh, you know, you and I do and, and uh, Wizards fans as a whole. So, it's a, you know, for in that aspect, it's, you know, kind of sucks. But it is what it is. These are the times that we are still, unfortunately, living in. And now we have to, uh, you know, take it as it is. Yeah, and move on. It's as simple as that. Uh, not going to dwell on it. Um, it's out of, out of everybody's control. Uh, he's not playing now, so... Um, Good luck to USA Basketball, um, and hopefully Bradley Beal's cheering them on. Yep, and go for gold. Yes, Let's indeed. go. All right, so now we're going to shift to football. We're going to talk about the best NFC offense versus the best AFC offense and give our picks. So I'm just going to read them for you first. All right, so NFC, we have quarterback Aaron Rodgers, running back Dalvin Cook, wide receiver Devontae Adams, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, and the New Orleans Saints offensive line. And for AFC, we have, obviously, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Derrick Henry at running back, Tyreek Hill, wide receiver, Julio Jones, wide receiver, and the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Who do you got in that battle? Well, you know, <laughs> this is a tough one, but um, honestly, I'm going with the NFC. I'm taking the NFC in this one. That's, that shocked me. It's, you shocked me with that. <laughs> you shocked me with that. I'm going with the NFC um, on this one, and there's there's a couple reasons why. Um, well, one, one, I just think it... You know, all these hypothetical things, you know, because, like, we don't know, you know, who's playing defense and, you know, things of that nature. But um, 
I don't know. I kind of like the I kind of like the steadiness of Aaron Rodgers. I like the um, I like um, just the uh, ability of Dalvin Cook um, over Derrick Henry. Of course, if we were just going on strength and power, you know, of course Derrick Henry has the edge. But um, you know, I think uh, Dalvin can run and catch. As you know, Derrick Henry is more of just a straight downhill runner. Um, I kind of like the versatility of Cook, a healthy Cook. <laughs> you know, um, Devontae Adams. I mean, he he's he's starting to show, um, and he in a lot of people's eyes, he's starting to be, uh, you know, the best the best wide receiver in the league right now. Um, Tyreek Hill. We all know he's fast. We all know he can get downhill, you know, in a hurry. But Tyreek Hill is, uh, he's another streaky guy. You know, if he's off and he can't get the ball, um, you know, his his team is a little less effective. Um, you know, so I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with Devonte there. Um, D Hop against Julio Jones. I'm definitely I give the edge to DeAndre D Hop. Um, I'm going the edge there uh, first of all because DeAndre Hopkins is much younger than Julio Jones. Uh, he hasn't had the injury history that Julio Jones has had, and right now I think in this stage of their career, uh, D Hop is the better wide receiver to this point, um, or at this point I should say. So, I mean, you know, the New Orleans Saints O-line, I really don't know, you know, I don't really have their names off the top of, you know, of, of my head. Um, I know maybe maybe the Cleveland Browns do have a slight edge in that department. Um, you know, Chubb and, and, uh, Chubb and uh, Hunt definitely... Uh, got the run game going for the Browns last year so uh you know maybe they maybe they have the edge in that that um in that department but I mean just just age and versatility wise is the reason why I like the NFC in this matchup nice yeah, and I'm glad you picked the NFC because I'm going to have to go with the AFC offense I mean come on now Patrick Mahomes at quarterback um, probably the best quarterback in the game right now. Uh, Derrick Henry, the best running back in the game right now. Uh, and we got Tyreek Hill. I don't, I haven't really thought about it. I'm not sure if they could have found an, a better wide receiver one, but whatever. And Julio Jones and the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Um, you know, this isn't about, you know, oh, well, you know, is, is Julio going to be healthy? No, this, this is pure hypothetical. This is pure, you know fantasy this this is just i think this afc offense is pure dominance um at, at its highest form uh derrick henry again i mean I, there isn't really much that needs to be said um he he's, he ran for 2000 yards I, I don't know what else you really can say um i like dalvin cook i do but derrick henry's better and you know he's a little bit more one dimensional than than dalvin cook is but he's better at it, and I think he makes up for that. Um, I will say I, I I will give you that I think um, the NFC offense has better 
a, a better uh, wide receiver tandem. Nece- not necessarily better than them, but I feel like those two would work um, tremendous. And Aaron Rodgers, with his placement of the ball, it, it would just be ridiculous to try and stop those two. Um, but I like the Cleveland Browns offensive line a little more. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the AFC offense. I just think that they would beat you by by pure smash mouth um, play action, and, and you wouldn't be able to guard them. All right. Well, I mean, my quarterback was the MVP last year, so yeah, Mahomes, hey. <laughs> Mahomes, as good as he is and, you know, as great as he is, I should say, he did not win MVP last year. Aaron Rodgers did. So, for this, just for this argument. Yeah, well, I mean, know. Pat was in the Super Bowl, yeah, so hey. Yeah, hey. Yeah, Aaron buddy, was not. But he took that L. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why That's why you got to give him Cleveland's yeah, offensive yeah. line. If you give him Cleveland's offensive line, it's a wrap. Yeah, well, yeah. Or his own healthy one. <laughs> yeah, that might help out a yeah. little bit. <laughs> All right, uh, that was fun. Um, last, what do you got to say about... Um, the Washington football team um, roster. Oh uh, man, you... this is going. This is uh. This is going to shake out. I mean, this is a little um, you know, not way too early roster prediction. Um, you know, we can uh, speculate and have fun with it. Um, so I'm just gonna just gonna go through real quick. Um, so at quarterback. Um, I don't think there's there's any doubt that it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen uh, as a third string. Um, Hold on, why don't why don't we why don't we do um, starting offense and defense? Because I feel like a whole fifty three that that'll be that'll be very extensive. No, I'm not, I mean we can do it that way, but uh, why don't we do a whole fifty three prediction like when the season gets a little closer, like. Before, like the week before cuts, so we have you know something to really. Well, that's talk why about. this was the way too early prediction, but that's cool. We can do it that way. <laughs> All right, we so can you, do it that way. So you got Ryan at quarterback. Yep. Okay. So I got Ryan at quarterback, and then um, of course um, Antonio Gibson would be my starting running back with Gibson. I mean with McKissick. Um, and then the wide receivers will go with with Terry, Curtis Samuel, and Deami Brown. Um, I think uh, one of those, I think it's going to be those three that week one that will be on the field starting. Um, and, of course, you know, Adam Humphreys will sprinkle him in there, you know. But that, those are my top three. And of course, at tight end, Logan Thomas, uh, you know, coming off his great season, he'll be uh, he'll be uh, tight end one, probably with the rookie John Bates uh, backing him up. And then um, the O line, I would uh, go with that left tackle will be um, Charles Leno Jr. Uh, at Left guard, I'm right now. I'm leaning towards Wes Schweitzer, um, only because I think that um, you know they're they're going to want to try to keep that line uh, as as continuous as possible. 
and uh, I botched the hell out of that word, but who cares? <laughs> um, at center, we'll have uh, Chase Roulier, and then at right guard, um, that's going to be Brandon Scherf. Uh, unfortunately, eighteen he, million dollar yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't get a deal done. Uh, surprise, surprise. There, so he will play his final season in the burgundy and gold for us and then at right tackle we will have um sam cosby um yeah it'd probably be sam the rookie sam cosby um we'll we'll take it there and uh so that that's a starting offense so why don't you go ahead and try and do the defense all right all right so i think uh <laughs> The, the defense should should be pretty uh, pretty easy. Um, so why don't we just start up front? Um, so the two edge rushers, obviously, we're going to have Montez Sweat, and we're going to have the reigning uh, defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young. Um, and, and then inside, um, I think we start the season um, with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and uh, Matt Ioannidis is going to work his way um, into the mix yeah. um, quite, quite often. Yeah, he's definitely going to get more snaps than than one of those two. Yes, um, and I am going to shock you here. At linebacker, I think we're going to have Jamin Davis in the middle, Cole Holcomb on one outside, and I think Kalik Hudson on the other outside. I think, Whoa! I think Bostic is going um, to not make this roster. Wow. And I, I say that because... It seems like the whole plan is to let Jamin take over the reins now um, and be able to roam. Bostic is not an outside linebacker, um, and he's not going to be able to play as such. So if Bostic is is going to play, he's going to play at middle linebacker. Um, and I don't think um, with this guy, I don't think their plan, I, I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem like their plan is to start him at outside linebacker, let him know the game, and then move to middle linebacker um, either later in the season or next year. I, I don't think anybody's gotten that impression um, whatsoever. So to me, um, if Bostic is on the field, he's on the field to play middle linebacker and nothing else. Um, and I don't think that's in the cards. So I think... Um, Washington and Jonathan Bostic, they part ways um, early, earlier in training camp than later um, to let him find a home. Mm. And I think Kalik Hudson um, has earned his way mm. uh, into the starting lineup from special teams um, and his late, late season um, snaps last mm. season. So, um, what's up? So, is Shaka Tony, is he going to be a defensive end for us or is he going to be. Or or is he going to be a stand-up linebacker for us? I don't think they know yet. And I think they are uh, working diligently on trying to figure that out. Right. So, I, my guess is going to be that he's going to be a rotational edge guy. Mm-hmm. So with James Smith-Williams and, and and David Bata, who probably won't make may... it. I think he'll be practice squad again. Mm-hmm. I think okay. it'll be I think it'll be Smith Williams and and Shaka Tony. Okay. Um. With okay. and the other guy, um, Bradley King will also oh, be yeah, on William the uh, practice. King. I think yeah. he will also be on the practice squad. Okay. Um. All right. So there are the linebackers. Um. Jamin Davis in the middle. Cole Holcomb and Kalik Hudson on the outside. Um. At corner, I think this is this is the lock. Um. Cornerback one. 
I think we're going to have um, William Jackson, obviously. And then I think at two, um, I think William Jackson's contract, I think that bumps Kendall to the two. But in, in reality, I mean, th- this is more of a depth chart. It doesn't really have to be a corner one, corner two. I think both of those guys are going to start point blank, and I don't think it really matters. Um, they're not going to do too much moving because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, I think Jimmy... I think Jimmy Moreland probably has that that slot spot right now, um, but is very that position is probably very subject to change um, at any point in time. Yeah, that's, um, and it could and, and it could change by training camp. We, yeah, we could we could see a difference. That's probably the second uh, most competitive position group uh, going into camp uh, after probably wide receiver. Like the uh, I mean. The top half, and I'm talking about the bottom half as far as the wide receivers go. You know, when you start to get to Cam Sims and Steven Sims and and um, uh, Kelvin Harmon and Isaiah Wright, and once you get down, that's where the competition is at wide receiver. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, down the depth chart of at the corner position, too, is going to be uh, that type of uh, competition in camp. Yeah. Um, all right, and then finally, um, the safeties. Um, I think Jeremy Reeves is going to start at free safety, um, and Cam Curl is going to start at strong safety with Landon starting this season on the physically unable to perform list. Yes, indeedy. And that's how I got um, – I have that shaken out. And since you did the offense, I wanted to ask you, um, is Adam Humphreys going to make this team? Absolutely, 100%. Adam Humphreys will make this team – um, I think that um, uh, I think he will beat out Steve Sims. Um, you know that's going to be like I said that that's where the competition is going to be. Um, you know once once you get once you get past uh, McLaurin Samuels and uh, Brown, you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see some competition. And I think that uh, Adam Humphreys. Uh, think his hands will beat out Steve Sims' hands. Of course, Steve Sims Jr. is much quicker. But, uh, you know, if you can't catch the ball, it doesn't matter how quick you are. So, you know, if, if Steve Sims can catch in camp, then, you know, I, I think they brought him over for a reason, and I think they will at least give him a chance now. I mean, they could always wave him after, you know, after a certain amount of time, but... Uh, you know, they. I think uh, initially week one, he's on this roster. All right. So of course now that we've done the offensive defense, we have to do special teams, and that's pretty much a, you know, no brainer. Um, so at punter we have the all the uh, Pro Bowler Tressway, and at kicker we have. Um, the old reliable Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's reliable. He was as in old more, reliable yeah. as in we know he's gonna be the kicker yeah. every year. Yeah. Not as in reliable that we know he's gonna make every kick. And then we have at long snapper. This is a shocker. We have the cheese man. <laughs> you know that's that, that's gonna take some getting used to. Uh, unfortunately, we let our long time. Uh, long snapper Nick Sunburn go this year, 
So, uh, and they actually traded up for this uh, long snapper. I can't even remember his first name <laughs> right now. I just, <laughs> just remember his last name is Cheeseman. Cheeseman. So, he's our long snapper. And uh, so, there's our special teamers. I like it. Um, all right, so that about wraps it up. Um, we're going to get to uh, what's new. And while you pull that up, um, I have something. Um, just kind of doing just doing a little research and looking around. Um, for those of you who are soccer fans, um, it looks like uh, Gareth Bale is in him is in a little bit of a predicament. Um, the uh, Tottenham Hotspurs um, manager uh, released that. Um, after one season with Tottenham, uh, Gareth Bale will not be returning to them and will be playing uh, again for Real Madrid. Um, and this is um, hard for a lot of Tottenham fans because um, they had their worst season in five years this past year, um, the one year that he was there, and they couldn't attend any games, so they didn't even get to see him play. Um, and now the loan... Um, it looks like it, it's up, and he's not going to finish out, and he's going to be back with um, Real Madrid. Um, so that'll be interesting, but that was just some some soccer news for you. Yeah, it's amazing that you brought that up because my my what's new is also from the world of soccer, and it's um, uh, Lionel Messi um, has re-upped with Barcelona. Yes. Um, he actually took a pay cut. Well, I guess um, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude was making, I mean. <laughs> Unfathomable it, amounts it, of money. Lord have mercy. And, uh, unfortunately, um, he was forced to take a pay cut because they would, Barcelona would not have been able to operate under his current deal. Uh, it was news that he was going to be leaving Barcelona um, after this year because of the contract situation, but uh, he decided to uh, take a pay cut and re-up with his club that he's been with since he was, I think he was like 16 years old when he first joined the uh, <laughs> Barcelona Academy. So, um, yeah, that... that uh, that's just my little bit of what's new. Um, our what's new came from the world of soccer this week. It's a, <laughs> once again, we have uh, copied each other <laughs> without knowledge, and it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So now we have Dude of the World. Um, I'll take this one first. Um, this is interesting. Um, my Dudes of the World... Um, they're going to have to be sharks. Um, and this actually doesn't have anything to do with it being Shark Week. This is just kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> sharks are my dudes of the world. Um, because now, it seems like they have tricked the human population. Um, and without even any communication, have spun um, their whole existence. And now, it seems like um, the sharks have like I said, tricked uh, humans because this article in Australia came out um, and it says that shark attacks are to be rebranded 
as negative encounters or interactions um, in attempt to change the image of sharks um, as men eating monsters. So sharks have not even willingly turned the opinions of humans into thinking that when they are biting our limbs off, <laughs> that it was just a negative encounter and they didn't mean it. <laughs> so now, um, if you would like to refer to a shark attack, you have to refer to it as a negative encounter um, because we don't want to hurt the image of these sharks. Um, so for that, um, without, you know, language... Or any communication, um, sharks, you are the dudes of the world because you did the unthinkable. Oh my god. I don't even know how I can follow that up. I can't even... <coughs> I can't even attempt... <laughs> oh my god. That oh. Is, I didn't even... <laughs> I didn't hear... I haven't even heard about that. Oh. That is absolutely a scream. And also, um, if you want to refer to a attack, you now are to refer to it as a bite <laughs> and not an attack. Because they, they don't mean it. They are not attacking you. They are just biting you. Um, and apparently that's better. So we'll just go with uh, with bite and uh, negative encounters to uh, make the sharks happy. So sharks, you are my dudes of the world because I, I don't even think any any human is possible. Oh, this. oh my God. I'm in tears over here over this. So basically, over the years, sharks have just been able to bite the shit out of people. Um, take people's lives, um, and now we can't even refer to them as attacks um, because that's not in their nature. It was just a bite. Mm, mm. So sharks. So next thing you know, it was it was just a little nibble. Yes. And sharks are so big; it's just a little nibble. I mean, he he only took the re- your arm off. I mean, you have the rest of your body. You just 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 a little nibble. And not only did they get this article, the picture that this the. The Telegraph World News um, used was probably the the most badass picture of a shark, like with its mouth open, that you can that you can even have. You can see all eight rows of the teeth, and <laughs> and the headline is "Shark Attacks to Be Rebranded as Negative Encounters to Show More Understanding for the Predators." Oh my god! Oh, so but they can call them. But a they predator? can call them predators. Oh my lord! But we can't say shark attacks <laughs> because they weren't attacking; they were just biting. Alrighty. So that Alrighty. <laughs> sharks, um, without even trying, uh, yeah, you you are my dudes of the world. Awesome, I, <laughs> I I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> I, I can't even speak now. It, it's crazy. That is absolutely nuts. Wow. What a gem you found there. Oh, my gosh. You can thank Twitter well, for that. Let me uh, attempt my dude of the world. Um, my dude of the world this week is going to go to uh, Pete Alonzo. Oh, yeah. Um, I like it. You know, the guy just won his back-to-back uh, second home run derby. Um, and he did it in just convincing fashion. Um, the guy was just knocking him out the park. Um, he didn't have the longest one that, uh, that belonged to our Washington national star Juan Soto, but in the end, uh, 
it was Pete Alonzo who just cranked out, you know, homer after homer after homer and just did it effortlessly. Um, I mean, the home run derby was kind of boring, but uh, I toughed it out. I watched it. And it did get exciting towards the end. Um, Trey Mancini put up a hell of an effort, you know, from the Orioles. Uh, if you guys follow baseball, you know, you all know that he came back from cancer. And uh, he was a great story. You know, he went out and did his thing. Um, and it actually took... Uh, he gave Pete Alonzo a run for his money. I mean, he had to get hot at the end um to win but he did it and he wins his second uh back-to-back -back home run derby championship and so for that he's my dude of the world this week i like it um that was a good one um okay so finally we have uh thin ice of the week and um mine is pretty obvious um this one isn't fun or funny um this one's you know, kind of, kind of disappointing, but, um, thin ice USA basketball, you were in thin ice because, um, they got to figure it out. I'm not really going to spend too much time, um, discussing on what everybody knows is going on. Um, the Popovich, um, Popovich is, is under a little bit of scrutiny, um, for the roster that he assembled, um, without any real defense, but at the same time, um, who was he really going to pick from? Uh, who who was even in the running? Who was even going to really play? Um, and, and that makes a, a difference. Um, also, um, a little side note on the roster uh, construction. Um, if Bradley Beal wasn't um, vaccinated, um, I'm shocked that that wasn't a little bit more talked about um, as far as um, who is going to be allowed to play. Um, you're traveling to Tokyo. You're traveling to a place who is in uh, a state of emergency due to COVID outbreaks. Um, not doing too well um, in, in the city of Tokyo at all as far as COVID goes. Um, so you would think you'd want you know people who um, were at less of a risk um, of getting COVID and or spreading COVID um, so there's that. Um, and then they lost. They lost two games. Um, we've talked about that. Um, they lost to Nigeria. Um, and then they lost to, was it, who did they lose to in the second game? Australia. Was it Australia? Oh, yeah. And, then they, they beat, and then they beat Australia. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, they lost to Nigeria. And then they lost to Australia. No, they beat Argentina. Oh, okay. So they beat Argentina. I don't know why I was saying Australia. Um, so because of that, um, USA basketball is struggling um, very badly, and we'll see how the Olympics go. It's funny. We've done it again. We have managed to do it again. I figured. Um, but my, uh, my thin ice is going to come from the women's side of Team USA. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, I just... Did not understand how you can have one of the greatest players in in basketball, women's basketball history, not on Team USA, and that would be none other than Candace Parker. Um, I mean, if, I know a lot of you do not follow the women's game, but let me just tell you, uh, you know, Candace Parker is up there with the greats. Uh, she's up there with the, 
you know, with the Diana Taurasi's, the Sue Bird. She's up there in that level of women's game. And to not have her on Team USA is just mind-blowing to me. And now the WNBA just had their All-Star game, which featured Team USA against Team WNBA and Candace Parker, who was on Team WNBA, they go out and they whip Team USA, and not by a little. It was a nice little margin. I don't know what the score was, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it's fairly decent. So as of right now, Team USA is struggling all the way around. Men's ball, women's ball, it hasn't seemed to matter. Um, I don't know. They can't. They can absolutely cannot go to Tokyo and put put out this kind of effort, uh, you know. I mean, I, I get that, that Team USA lost to a bunch of All-Stars, but, they again, they have no business losing. So, for that reason, uh, you know, Team USA on the women's side is also on thin ice. All right, um, and that about wraps everything up. Um, before we go... Everybody out there, just remember, if you're at the beach and you see a shark and the shark is feeding, um, if it's gnawing on your buddy, your family member, can you please just give it some privacy, okay? It's not attacking. It's just biting. Um, and please, just use the correct terms. Right. I can't wait to... That's just... Uh... Um, also... Uh, one more thing before we go. Um, the World of Sports podcast has hit 500 podcast downloads. Um, super excited um, to announce that. Super excited to see that. Um, it means a lot. So everybody out there who is listening every week, downloading, um, and even giving us feedback. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I know he really appreciates it. Absolutely. Um, and we can't thank you guys enough. Um, our little fan base that, that we have going, um, that listens every week. Um, we, again, we really appreciate you guys. Um, and keep it up, tell a friend, spread the word and let's, let's keep this thing rolling. Yes, sir. Well, appreciate y'all. All right. Well, until next time, world of sports. Peace.